The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that's going to be very good for two thirds and then completely switch off in the last. This week on Heart and Hand, I'm only kidding, the first two thirds will be shit as well. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, as I am every week, and I'm joined, as I am most weeks, and very fortunate to be so, by the man himself. Yes, it's Scott Van Den Acker. Hi, folks. Uh, David was going to actually maybe substitute me for someone else, but we saw how that went on Friday. So yeah. we're keeping on the starting 11. I didn't want to Nicky Clark you. He didn't want to Nicky Clark you me. know. It's a bit like with Kenny Miller at the start of the season. We thought, you know, could we do better? And then you look around, you see the alternatives, and you think, better the devil I know. Well, it's very much like that with you. Yes, um, it is indeed. It's, it's, I'm not so much the talent of the show, but the one who turns up. Yeah, exactly. And who isn't as bad as some of the other ones. But that's it, dependable. And that counts for a lot in, in, this, in this whole podcasting industry. Um, we might as well get to it then, Scott. Friday night. Mm. Game against Falkirk. One of the more bizarre games you'll see. I think the bizarre thing is that teams lose games, don't they, mm. David? Teams lose games. But usually in that game that they lose, there are telltale signs like they're not playing very well. Yes. Or the other team are on top. This game, after about, especially after half an hour, it could have been 9-0. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable the level of dominance that we had. We were, And not only that, but how well we were playing. It wasn't so much that Falkirk were bad. They couldn't get near us. We were moving the ball about at pace. The, the movement from the front players was superb. The interchanging was great. Uh, the passing was crisp, sharp. The control was wonderful. It was played at a high pace. It was as good as you're going to see a performance at this level. It was actually no, no hyperbole. It was one of the best performances of the season. Um, and I know people have been saying that in contrast to what happened, but genuinely, the first half an hour, even the first 20 minutes, we everything that Mark Warburton's trying to do came together. Yeah. We cut through them. Two touches. Warburton himself said it was not one touch, it's two. So you get the ball under control, and the next pass was incisive. Yeah. It happened every single time we cut them apart. At one stage, Falkirk were, I think, at panic stations. I've never seen a team that were all at sea. Then 
what happened was sadly what happens a lot with Rangers and, and you and I texted about this yep. endlessly and has done historically I was thinking about the amount of times in the pod we've said this but we yes, don't score enough goals and we're on top yes we just don't I'm sorry it goes back to even the Walter years where the amount of games especially the the second Walter time round but, but a lot of them we'd be 2-0 up you know with, with 15 minutes left especially at Ibrox, and then concede one and the last 10 minutes would be unnecessarily fraught. And I was thinking about that because we used to say in the pod a lot, you cannot switch it back on once you've switched it back off. Maybe the better team, the really top teams can, but most athletes, once they have mentally down tools and then the resultant physical exuberance goes as well when you go down a level, it's very hard to go, oh, game's back live and... You know, get the working jacket back on in a way. And you saw that the other night that when Falkirk got their goal, and it was a wonderful goal, Rangers just could not react to it at all. And in the last 20 minutes, Falkirk dominated. And the fact is, is that actually the last half an hour before they scored, they had two or three. It wasn't like there wasn't a warning signal, and the goal came out of the blue. Um, the goal was coming when it arrived, and uh, you know. It's hard to say that we deserve to lose given the way we played for an hour, but you also have to say that maybe sometimes you should be punished because Rangers beat themselves. There's no doubt yeah, about I mean, that. The last half hour was dreadful and you can't take it away from, from Falkirk. Um, they did what they had to do, which is put pressure on They saw some weak spots and they really went for it and um, they kept going right to, as you saw, right to the end. They kept pouring forward, so they deserve to... I'll, a lot of the things that we've said on the pod this season, because there's not been much to criticise. The good thing is there's genuinely not been a lot to criticise. But the one thing we've also said as well as not scoring enough goals is the team aren't very good when they start coasting. No. When they believe that maybe believe about the hype and take the foot off the accelerator, they're, they're not great. They do need Warburton and Sir Davy standing over them cracking the whip. And you saw that the last half an hour... They were all at sea, and some of them in particular were not very good at all. Is that, as you said, the snap wasn't there, the focus, the attention to detail, them all thinking about basically, you know, what they have to do. They were very ordinary when yeah, they just they came down a level or two. There was really nothing there. I, uh, we've said this a, a number of times, and a lot of the supporters have said this as well that it's not. It's not that they're not a good side. They are. They they are a good side, and they play football the right way, and. They've got a lot of admirable qualities, but they're not a great side. A great side can get away with playing at 70 75%. And to be honest, I think you've seen it a lot this season in the top division in Scotland as well, because Celtic aren't a great side. So they have dropped points in matches they shouldn't have, because if you're not a great side, if you're only a good side, if you drop your level even slightly, then you're bringing yourself much closer to the opposition. If you're Barcelona, you can probably afford to drop to... A level below. Even in England, how often have we seen it this season with the likes of Arsenal, Man City, teams that should be better than the opposition, but mentally you'd question their focus. I'd like to talk a wee bit then about the substitutions. Mark Warburton made changes on the hour, as he does. Uh, his reason for doing it in, in every match pretty much is that it helps keep the, the vitality up, it helps keep the energy levels high, and it means that we are still buzzing about in the last 10 minutes, as evidenced by the amount of goals we've scored in the last 10 minutes. The counter side of it the other night was, I think, by common consent, he took off our two best players on the night, Kenny Miller and Barry Mackay, who had caused Falkirk no end of problems. I thought that was as well as I've seen Kenny Miller play in years. And 
we were, I thought, really visibly weakened because you brought on Michael Halloran, who didn't didn't look as you know as as well as he had a few weeks ago, and, and maybe starting to struggle slightly. And Nicky Clark, who, with all due respect to Nicky Clark, we've covered it before, and I don't want to pick on the guy, but there's not maybe a lot of ability there. And when Falkirk sensed this, when we stopped battering them, they were able to come forward, and and I thought that was where they got the momentum from. I think there's two problems when you make such. A decision. Um, number one is that if it's early and the tide of the game swings even more like it did, there's not a lot left on the bench for you to look to. And secondly, you could argue that up front wasn't where the problem lay. So replacing the whole strike force is not necessarily what the fans would have would have done the way that game was unfolding. Mm. I think that's your two problems. The strikers weren't the problem and with most of the substitutions having been made, as Falkirk poured forward, you couldn't really plug the gaps further back because you made all your substitutions. Yeah. However, that's what he does. I think you, t- you take one of two. Now. I think you, you take one of two. I can understand taking Kenny Miller off. You know, he's he's thirty six, and you've got to protect his legs. So I, I do get that, but I don't think you then say those two have been ripping them apart. So I'll take both of them off. I, I think you take one off and and see how that goes. However, I, I am pretty loath to criticise him. You know. The, I think it would be over the top to to get stuck into Mark Warburton given the season he's had, but it was a mistake, and yes, you know that it's fair enough to say it. You don't want to go to town on it, but it is fair enough to say it. Um, that another thing I wanted to touch on. Now, listeners, I know that you might think that Scott and I are like Bert and Ernie, but occasionally we do fall out. Um, and to be honest, it's generally Scott will say something. Perhaps I find a little outlandish or a touch silly. And I'm not great, am I, Scott, at expressing my disdain in a polite fashion? No, indeed no. I can um, be harsh but cruel. Harsh and cruel, usually. Yeah. And generally I know, you, you know, your weak spots and I brutally go for them. Yes, it's generally the things I say and do. Yes, um, it's not a great trait. People, you know how you might be one of those Listeners, you might be one of those guys who says, uh, I wish I could just come back with a great comeback right there and then. I can do it, trust me, it's murder, it makes things worse. Um, so, so careful what you wish for. But Michael O'Halloran has prompted some debate among my myself and my good friend, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. So, yeah. Scott, if you'd like to tell the listeners just what you're starting to think, and we'll let them be the final arbiter. We well, I can't tell them everything that I think. No, you can't tell them everything, everything that you can think that won't see you arrested. Um, I well, there's a couple. I don't think he's been as good as some people have suggested. No, I don't. I, th- I think that a couple of matches he's played well in, and a couple, but it can't be easy with the stop-start thing. Yeah. Well, correct. I also think we possibly overpaid in that he wasn't a kid. He was our biggest signing since David Templeton. Oh, let's not talk about David. <laughs> no, Templeton. let's not talk about David. Um, and I'm not sure he's what we needed at the time because we now have a lot of people that play off the main striker yeah. and also I don't I wonder if there's a touch a little tiny touch and this is where we don't agree uh. we touch of the Scott Allens about it I wonder if the reality sunk in and he's like oh god no I really have signed for them mm. maybe maybe uh, like, I don't think so because I, you know my view and I think that professional footballers kind of stop being fans of clubs 
at the age of 10, you know, when they start playing regularly. And I think then they begin to think of themselves. Also, it was a fairly protracted chase, so he had plenty of time, you know, to, to decide if he didn't want to do. There was an interview in the papers I know you were unhappy about, if you want to just say it there. Well, I think Rangers, can I first start with a compliment? Go on. I think Rangers PR is night and day compared to what it used to be. Before the new guys took over, I don't know if you agree because I know no, you've no, worked on that kind of. I do, yeah, I think it's ahead. much better, yeah. Uh, internet as well, everything the way they keep the farm, and I think they've been controlling stories where they can. I don't think Michael Harlan should have been mentioning his dad and pals at the Celtic end at the semi-final. Don't really think that's what people wanted to hear. Very jarring. I know I can only speak for myself and my dad. Didn't like it. I played football last night. A few folk didn't think that really was the kind of thing you wanted to see in the papers. Mm. It doesn't bother me, but I can understand that there's no good can come of it, if you know what I mean. It's, personally, it, it wouldn't upset me, it's like, you know, his dad's in the way, and that shit like that'll happen, I, I can understand that it's a fact of life, and it's probably a good thing in, in the west coast of Scotland now that players can move between the two clubs, um, apparently. I, I think yeah. we're supposed to say that. But, um, <laughs> back on you know back back being serious, no good can come of it. No Rangers fan is going to read that and go, "That's great." So why do it? However, this is maybe a, a bigger point. You see it a lot with the Mark Warburton press conferences. If there's fifteen questions, fourteen of them will be stupid ones about things other managers have said or pitches or whatever. And I wonder if we maybe need a PR Rottweiler who would just sit there and go, "No, we're here to talk about the match. That's nothing to do with it." You know, and move on. And I wonder if, in that situation, you know, Michael, your your family will be in the the away or the the Celtic end. How will that be? Just say, well, that's got nothing to do with the game. Michael probably won't even be playing in the game. Move on to another topic. And I think that that would probably help avoid these situations. Yes, I agree. They have some clubs down in South, haven't they? Don't they? Oh yeah, a lot of them. And if you look at the the amount of coaches that will come in and just say, I'm, I'm going to talk about the football and that's it. Some of them like to use those occasions to to talk you know Jose Mourinho of course was was one of them you know, specialist in failure and stuff like that but a lot of English clubs will have press guys who will sit there and say that's nothing to do with the game you know that's not what, what we're here to talk about and given that Rangers communicate given our relationship with the press as fans is is hardly a good one I don't think that the media up here can come away with that excuse of ah you're not talking to the supporters because Rangers do through the website and through Rangers TV and whatnot. Rangers do communicate with the supporters and I think that for newspapers and the like yeah we should be just especially up here when they're not looking you know to, to talk to Mark Warburton about football or to Michael Hallen about football they're trying to engage and get a quote that they can spin off into some soap opera bullshit Yes, and I think that if we had a guy there or a, or a lady who could sit there and go, no, nothing to do with this, move on, it might help. Uh, and ironically enough, see if it did force, I think a lot of our reporters would struggle with this, but see if it forced them to actually talk about the match and the football, mm-hmm. I think they'd find that uh, there's a receptive audience. Well, that's the thing. I noticed last week uh, Mark Warburton was down south. Yeah. And he was on, I think, was it Five, five Live, perhaps? Um, or Talk Sport and... He was asked actually questions about the impact of the massive TV deal in England, mm. the English Academy system, and our use of the loan. And he was really loquacious. You could see he was interested. And you know what happened, as you say, if one of the journalists up here actually said, So, Mark, 
Bruce Dortmund, you know, you look at Thomas Tuchel and he's trying to bridge the gap without spending any money. Or, you know, tactics. How come PSG have lost the fear factor they had over the... Something. It'd be interesting. But as you it's all stuff about, do you think you're better than Selic? Do you yeah. love Selic? What about Stubbsy? Uh-huh. What about that? And yeah. it's just... It's, it's of no interest. The answers are of no interest to us as fans. No. And I think Rangers should step in and say, I'm sorry, we're not answering that question. It's, it's off topic and irrelevant. Yeah. And I, I, would, I, for one, think we should emulate the EPL and get somebody in, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, it's this kind of Warburton slams plastic pitches when all he said is, I don't really like plastic pitches, you know? And you yeah. know they're going to take things and twist it and set it up and make it adversarial. And again, we've talked about this, you know, Scottish football, the game that's hating itself to death. I think that that adversarial, constant, constant button heads nature, and is a part of. It. I think journalists do have a part to play in it because I don't think that they necessarily always report news. I think a lot of the time they're in the business of creating it, mainly because you know maybe there's not a lot happens up here. That's a legitimate thing to say, but there is a game that we all love at heart, and maybe we could talk about it. That to me would be would be interesting because I know that my favourite sports journalism. Uh, tends to be the long form stuff, you know, the the tends to be the stuff that you get in the broadsheets, English broadsheet, where they they write about the sport, be it football, cricket, boxing, whatever, but they write about that and all of the kind of white noise around it, they may refer to, but it, it's not the central part of it. You would also say that there's a tournament this summer, isn't there, David? A tournament yes. taking place in France, yeah? Yes. The only home country not there? Exactly. Mark Warburton, manager with Fresh Ideas, do you not think maybe even ask him about where does Scotland go from here? But maybe look at the wider topic of Scottish football development, what are they doing at youth level? So, as you say, something, anything yeah. that could become a project, that could gather momentum. You could do that, but you know what they would frame it as. You know that if they said, you know, Mark, what do you think about, you know, the. Warburton the slams SFA. Warburton slams it, Warburton slams, you know, and, and then there's kind of reaction and counter reaction, and it just becomes yet more of this, as I've, as I've mentioned, of this white noise, and, and that's disappointing. Queen of the South on, on Saturday, Scott, now. I don't know about you, but if I was a Rangers player, given what happened on Friday, I would be counting down the days to Saturday. I would not be able to wait to get on that park and make amends. I think you are looking at Ibrox grass pitch, and somebody was straight enough, somebody was saying we've had five of our last six games on plastic pitch or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So grass pitch, three o'clock kickoff, wide, the wide open spaces, yes. Our players should be chomping at the bit to get at them. Mm-hmm. Um, fighting for um, jerseys for the starting eleven, and giving them absolutely no mercy at all. I'm not saying there's no excuses. Queen of South won 6-0 at the weekend. They're not mugs. No, okay? they're not. But, yeah, it's the game that we... Psychologically, we can't really afford to lose. Um, I know there was a lot made of... The t- you know, it's like talking of adversarial. You've just been really eloquent on the subject. But they kept panning the cameras constantly to Ronnie Dyla and John Collins. Yeah. What will they learn? What will they learn? I don't think it's that simple in football. We could be here all night talking about going to watch a team. Does it matter these days? Mm. Actually turning up... But what one thing I will say is we can't lose again in the build-up to the semi-final. No. Because then it starts to become a psychological thing that plays on the minds. A good sweeping away of the cobwebs on Saturday, I think, is overdue for the fans and the players yeah. and the management. Well, you have to prove that the last 20 minutes was a freak. 
Right, because that's that's what they've been saying, and I understand that, and that's why I haven't been too harsh on them. And there was the usual overreaction, social media, websites, whatever, um, the amount of kind of knicker wetting that you would expect. And I can understand some of it because it's anger, but generally speaking, I was like, do you know what? It was one match, they've been playing well, they've been winning, they played well for an hour, and I'll give them a pass on this. But the flip side of that is the players then come out and said, we were so good, but we switched off, it's our own fault, we were complacent. Great, learn the lesson and show us you've learned the lesson. So I'm not a big one to to sit at, as regular listeners or no and go, I expect us to hammer this this team on Saturday. But I actually do want us and half expect us to hammer this team on Saturday because I think that the attitude should be, I can't wait, I, I can't wait to go and show that, you know, to put that last 20 minutes of Friday night to bed. And I think the players should be you know, 100% up for it. So 2-1 to Queen of South then? Looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. The sporting integrity section is when we look round the world of sport and see who's made the biggest cock and balls of themselves over the past seven days. Yes, who's Falkirked it, uh, as that will come to be known. Because I can't, I, we can't really call it Rangers, that can we? We can't. That would be disrespectful to our heroes. Yes. Do you see that um, there's a petition to get the phrase "hibsed it" into the dictionary? I think for most Rangers fans, it's already there. Yeah, <laughs> this is one I've been using for years. I did say on this pod earlier in this season that Hibs would hibs it, and they did. Yeah, and they did. No, but it, it's no great foresight. I can't claim how I was right because the Hibs is what they do. The Hibs, it's like when Hibs in the Scottish Cup, you just know. Yeah, it, it, they are going to make a cock and balls of it. You know? so I'll say to you, David, my chum, my mucker, what do you think of when you hear the phrase Arsenal face a crunch match? Yeah, you know they're going to lose, right? Yes. I mean, very similar and, and to that with Hibs. Same on Saturday, I made a few quid on betting because I knew that Arsenal would win that match because, you know, they just lost a big one. It didn't really matter. They'd be knocked out of Europe. They're just far enough away that they can't really win the league. You knew they'd win. Funny though, um, you did text me just before the game say, basically, oh shit, Martinez has just given an interview about what they're going to do yeah. and how great they are. And just before the game, you knew they'd get pumped. Yeah, I can't stand that. I, I honestly think he's a myth. Um, yeah. I think him and Brendan Rodgers... The kind yep. of you know disciples of Pep, which is which is okay to have ideals, but um, Roberto Martinez is Tony Mowbray with a suntan. I mean, the the guy, it's the same stuff all the time, same errors, the same mistakes, and it pisses me off. And it's something to look out for with Warbs. If Warbs becomes one of these guys who is too wedded to the philosophy, you know, who who can't be a bit more pragmatic. We suffered before, you know, with with Walter in terms of the style of football. The results were usually good, but. He was too pragmatic. Um, yes. You need a balance, and Martinez is completely the other way. But he would be up for this, but uh, someone with Everton leanings, you, you'll agree with me on this one, Scott, that it, it's not funny. They're not winning it. Yeah, they're, they're not going to win it. This is the one thing they're not going to win either. No, they're not going to win the Sporting Integrity Award. Let's hear the people who could, though, Scott. Well, there's a few, but I'm going to start in Africa, okay? Okay. And recently, Africa had a candidate for the new chief exec of FIFA. And and many people, a lot of people listening to this uh, pod would take a cheap shot at me. They're just going to have a pop, okay? Because they're, they're haters, David, right? Haters. And they're going to say the only reason I'm mentioning this guy's name is because his name's Tokyo Sex Whale. What right? a fabulous... Well, even, even if that was the only reason you were mentioning this bloke, I can't see why they would in any way criticise. Exactly. But um, the Ghanaian FA chief, Kwesi Nantiaki, was asked why he didn't support Tokyo Sex Whale in his attempt to become the chief executive of FIFA. Okay? Okay. He said, 
Oh, for goodness sake, sleeping in the same prison room with Nelson Mandela isn't enough to make you fee for president. All his campaign messages were just that. It's all he talked about. Yeah, I played rugby at Robin Island. I was chairman of the football team in Robin Island. I slept in the same room as Nelson in Robin Island. I'm more experienced, competent than him. But then again, I'm not Nelson Mandela's best mate. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We've all got a mate like that, don't we? We've all got a yeah. mate who, who, you know, if you've been to Tenerife, he's been to Elevenerife. Uh, we've all got a friend that has got these stories. And did I ever tell you about the time? Yes. Yes. Yes, you did. So his basic campaign message was, I'm Nelson Mandela's best buddy. Well, so, Nelson Mandela's not here to refute it, which... He's not. Which, so... Uh, in that case, I'm Nelson Mandela's best friend. I think I should be the... I think you're a Tokyo sex whale. I think we would have got on. I think we'd have gone pretty well, you and Nelson. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, you both gave the best of yourselves for a cause greater than... I mean, you'd have been doing this pod for five years. Yeah, sex. Sex. So basically, you and Nelson, it's the same thing. It's basically the same, isn't it? In fact, you've had it worse, because... When he came out, he made a lot of money from like his autobiography. We don't get paid for this. No, that's true. So in a way, a lot of our suffering has been in vain. In fact, we're probably a bit more worthy than Nelson. I don't like to say that, but probably. Can know. I be a saint? Do you get proddy saints? You don't. Oh. If, you, if you want to be a saint, we'll probably have to burn you at the stake. Right, okay. I, but, I don't fancy that. No. Now we're going to Brazil for shenanigans. Go on. Brazil does shenanigans well, doesn't Brazil it? Brazil does do drunken monkeys and transsexuals. Brazil does well. And we've got a couple of stories from Brazil that are nice. Model Barbara Evans, not her real name, I'm guessing. <laughs> and also, what type of model? Don't know. But anyway, she's alleged to have paid a celebrity shaman to curse ex-partner Paulo Guerrero. <laughs> okay, a celebrity shaman, that's great. Yeah, I mean, what a great country. What a great well, job. Exactly. Reports say the striker's five-month gold drought was due to Acts performed by Father Sergio de Ogum, inspired by the wrath of a woman scorned. Explaining Guerrero's recent return to form, Father Sergio told local media, Yes, I lifted the hex. I used a herb and yam-based mix. (laughs) He now has to take more care of his spiritual side, or he could become the victim once again. That's power. That guy wields. That's real power. And yet again, just yet more proof, Scott. Snakes with tits. Snakes with tits. Don't trust him. Talking of a witch. Yeah, more. Brazilian model Susie Cortez. Now, don't get, don't be mistaken, David, for a second, okay? Okay. Last month in February, Susie did say, in 2016, I'll be having no more bad sex with good-for-nothing footballers. That's not who I am. Yes, I recall the, the young right. lady's words to that effect. However, Susie has promised, she's excited by Sao Paulo qualifying for the Libertadores, okay? Fair enough, it's a good achievement. So, she's decided that they're going to get a fresh set of themed photos for every win in the tournament. (laughs) Her exact line was, after every victory, hot, hot surprises. I'm getting the impression then that this lady isn't like a a hand model. Nor a fashion model. Mm. I think she might be a scud model, David. That was like my idea last week, because uh, I noticed that it was uh, sport relief. Yeah. And my idea was sport hand relief, right? Where I would be sponsored to go around the Sky Sports news ladies getting hand jobs. And people could donate money for each centilitre of jizz I produced. Well, that's pretty selfless of you. So I take it they said yes. No, the BBC didn't even write back. It shows that there's one rule for the people who get wanked off by... Those people and another rule for the people that don't. But the thing is, right, there's going to be kids 
who want to go out on, on like bike rides, right? There's going to be special kids who want to go out on bike rides in like Lincoln, okay? And yeah. they're going to turn up and they're going to go, hey, we're going bike riding. And then the, the guy's going to go, sorry kids, we're not bike riding today. And they're like, well, why not? And they're like, we don't have the funds to buy bikes. And they'll go, but wasn't David Edgar going to get wanked off by a bunch of the Sky Sports News girls? And yeah. and he'll say, well, yeah, he was. He was willing to do that. But they refused him. See, to be honest, at a time of the obesity crisis, mm. I really think, I don't think they have to take a long, hard look at themselves, don't they? In, in many ways, the BBC have got the blood of those children on their hands. If they'd crashed, but they don't have any bikes, so... Yeah, but they'll die of obesity, they'll die of heart attacks. Well, that's, yeah. that's true. See, so, see the BBC, the, the more you hear about them, honestly. It gets worse and worse. It gets worse. I can't believe it. At least the offer was there. It was. Still is. Bastards, honestly. Just makes you sick to your stomach, doesn't it? It does. Right, our first German story, which I like, okay, bringing in, as it does, a bit of comedy, a bit of drama, and the pomposity of modern football clubs, David, okay? Yes. All, Hanover all 96, okay? Yes. Director Martin Bader on having to suspend three youth teamers for trying to rob a casino with balaclavas and a starter pistol. That's quite a serious thing, yes. to be fair. The plot failed when police found the player's getaway car parked in a no-waiting zone with fake plates. <laughs> so they're about to issue them a ticket when they realised, hold on, and foiled the robbery. Yes. Okay? So Bader had to uh, release a statement, OK? A statement culminating with the phrase, such things do not comply with our values or mission statement. Good. Now, David... I took the liberty, and I hope you don't mind, of going to Hanover 96 website to look at their values, okay? Okay. The so-called values of Hanover 96. And can I read you them? Yes. Win football matches. Don't get <laughs> relegated. That's it. The values of Hanover 96. The values of Hanover... They're a football team! It's one of the worst things about modern life, actually. Is the, you see this a lot in big countries. They, they go, oh, our, our corporate social responsibility. and uh, You know, we've planted four trees in Africa. You know, yes, but you, you make hydrogen bombs. You know, yes. it's, it's always... There's, there's always this shit kind of element to these companies. Like, uh, last year we donated 400 books to... Braille books to blind children... You know, like, yeah, but you crashed the world economy and you would do it again tomorrow for in, in a heartbeat. I mean, all Martin Bader had to say was, we had to get rid of these players because they robbed a casino. Because they tried to rob a casino, yeah. I mean, that suffices. That would do. Call me, that, call me hopelessly old-fashioned if you will, but if somebody wasn't at my work one day, I turned around to the boss and said, why is person A not here? And he said, well, he tried to rob the casino last night. I'd go, fair enough. Yeah, but you wouldn't say, actually, he should still be here working his job because I don't think he's contravened the ethos no. or values of the company. Wouldn't even occur to me. No. Now, big favourite of both of us. It doesn't happen often, folks, but Dave and I have arrived at a joint candidate which made us laugh a lot last night on text. Yes. It is a, a chap who plays for Wolfsburg called Max Cruiser. Who's actually a very good player, German international. He was. And he was, yeah. And football manager legend, but actually a very talented player. Yes. Um, up until these shenanigans. Yes, of which there are many. Yes. Um, he's not having a good run of it, is he, David? No, he's certainly not. It started when he openly admitted 
that he'd left £60,000 worth of poker winnings in the back of a taxi and couldn't get it back off the taxi driver. It's a shame, though, that those Hanover 96 boys just hadn't been in that taxi, because then, rather than robbing the casino, they could just pick up the casino winnings and just had off We had Max outside, yeah. He was then fined £20,000 over a nightclub fracas where a girl was videoing him drinking on a night when he shouldn't have been drinking. Yeah, silly boy. So he, he grabbed her camera and tried to wrestle her to the ground, unfortunately getting filmed by someone else's camera. This is the thing, and I am so glad that I gave up drinking before this era of everyone having a camera on them at all times. You have to be aware that this is going to happen. And then if you're upset at someone filming you, chances mm. are someone else is going to film you. Yep. Oh, look, there's Max Cruz over there. Mm. He's, trying to, he's trying to wrestle a woman to the ground and steal her camera. You're going to take photos of that? Yep. Or video? So that's off the field, David. Hey, doesn't it be trouble to seek? But what about on the field? What's he been in trouble for recently on the field? Tell me. His, his struggle, his battle, his camp with Nutella. Nutella? Yes. He loves Nutella and was putting on a few of the old pounds... And at the winter break, they went to the usual, you know, I think they went actually out to Spain, Yeah. the team, and he was taken to one side and told that he had to chuck the Nutella because it was basically bad for his teeth, bad for his blood sugar levels and bad for his waistline. Well, as you know, much as we all love Nutella, I think if you're nursing a dangerous Nutella addiction uh, as a footballer, you're going to find yourself in trouble. I think so. And so, as a combination of all of these things, he was also then, of course, not as if the things weren't bad enough, he did a little bit of work, which, in fairness, can I just say it's good. The Wolfsburg players do this. They go and help young offenders and kids that are in a bit of trouble. It's almost that sort of Prince's Trust type thing. Okay. So he was sent, but he got photographed, right, again by a lot of the telescopic lens of the media, <laughs> wearing a bright green jumpsuit, building a chicken coop. <laughs> With young offenders. <laughs> I love that. But how do you spend your weekend building chicken coops with young offenders? Sounds like a half man, half biscuit song. <laughs> it does. And he was raging apparently the photos because it was so unflattering and made him look like a complete halfwit. Yeah. Well, As a result of all this, he's not playing England at the weekend. He's been dropped by Joachim Lowe for being unprofessional and he's been offered the chance to straighten himself out at club level before thinking about the international scene again. So that's a bad couple of months. That's a bad run. I mean, he's sailing away, though, with the Sport and Integrity Award, so, you know, yep, every I'm cloud and, and all that. But uh, what makes a professional footballer think, I can eat loads and loads of Nutella? Right? I know. <laughs> basically, you know, spoonfuls of chocolate. Uh, Max, should you be eating all that Nutella? Shouldn't it be pasta? No, mate, no. See, the thing is, right? Yeah, a lot I- of the nutritionists say pasta. I see Nutella. I, I see mean, Nutella. divided. Maybe you know? Marty Adley used to. Yes. Maybe he used to have a, a, a bit of that. I, it's just it's a staggering thing. Also, the, the thing about he was upset because the pictures didn't flatter him. See, to be fair, mm. generally speaking, your community service is not meant to be a blast. No, it's not usually when you're your fa- most fashionable best. Mm. I, I, I'm lucky in that I've never had to, to do community service, and I hope to keep it that way. But I would imagine that if I did have to do community service, part of that would be to humiliate me. Yes, you wouldn't have your leather kicks on. No. Although, uh, what, a couple of times a week I have to go out my back garden and, and go around it picking up dog poo and putting it in a bag to, to get rid of it. But you would have dogs, though. Yeah, well, it's kind of my own fault. It's your own fault. Yeah. Um, 
And just simply to round things off, it's a more of a housekeeping thing after that, because obviously Max is winning, right? Yeah, yeah, Max, he's won. We might as well... But he plays for Wolfsburg, okay? Yes. Now, I posted at the weekend on social media for people not to, not, not to look up Wolf bagging, okay? Yes. But I'm having some feedback. People are, okay? Mm. And even last night, somebody I was playing with at Sevens said, my God, no. I was telling you not to look it up, okay? Mm. I can't be any clearer. In fact, of David and I, on behalf of the pod, I told you not to Google wolf bagging mm. because what's seen cannot be unseen. What's, like, what's worse about wolf bagging um, <sighs> is that people will say that never happens. But... The description on Urban Dictionary is actually an over an over elaborate way of doing it. There are kind of I don't want to get into details here, but yeah. there are less elaborate ways of doing it, and it's not pleasant. No, well, actually, it is pleasant, but it's not pleasant if that so, makes sense. Wolfsburg, yes. Wolf bagging, no. Wolf of Wall Street, yes. Wolf bagging, no. Wolves doing what they do in the countryside, yes. Wolf bagging. No. But it'd be a good name for a band. It would be. It already is. That's my new band. Is that, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good, that, that would make a good punk band. Okay, then, um, we've lost all the listeners as they're away right now to Google wolf bagging, but uh, for any that are left over, the ones who, who already get up to it of a weekend, uh, the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award is Max Cruz. That's pretty much it from Scott and I this week um, I can't really think of, of much else that we've got to tell you about other than the usual stuff which is you can get in touch with us by emailing us at ibrockrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk you can follow us on Twitter I'm at ibrockrocks Scott is at Scott Harphand and you can also come and see us on Facebook just search for Harphand the Rangers podcast and up our page will come uh, all that remains for me to do then is to thank our executive producers in, L- in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers, who is, uh, as I've mentioned before, a Spurs and a West Ham fan. Mm. Mm-hmm, um, so they're having they're having some seats. Very excitable when you talk to them at the moment, though. Yeah. As you can imagine. Who do you think, Scott, actually? Uh, you know, I know, yeah, I, I know who you'd like to win, but who do you think is going to win that their title and that their England shire? Genuinely, and I know it's not. The, it's now become the unfashion. It's swung back against this, but I still think Leicester. There's no sign of nerves. No, none. It's really no. impressive. They've not got the worst run in in the world. It's, not, it's, it's it's winnable, and they're not really conceding that many goals. In fact, none in the last three games. Yeah. There's no signs of the wheels coming off yet. I still think they can do it. I think the challenge from, apart from Spurs, I think everyone else is gone. I think. I, I think so too I mean I think City yeah. City now I think should be more concerned about holding the top four place because yeah. there's no guarantee that. I mean the match they lost on on Sunday Man United they, they played well they played as well as I think that Man United side can play because it's not a very good team they were bustlingly competent yeah yeah and they worked really hard and the kid took his goal fantastic he does look as though he's going to be a good player I think that they should be thinking about resting him though because it's a lot of games at this stage, but he's, he's he's doing well, and they do have you know guys that are salvageable. Certainly, Martial, I think, is going to be a top class player. Yeah, uh, the fullback Darmian, although the Van Gaal doesn't seem to like him, I think he's he's a fantastic player. So they do have some good players, but City should be beating them. Uh, but then City should be beating everybody. You can say that. I didn't realise this though. The average age of the City team on uh, that finished on 
Sunday was 30. Unbelievable. Also, I believe someone else is telling me a stat that about their head-to-heads against the top whatever it's four or five this season is dreadful, isn't it? They haven't won in nine matches against the top six. It seems like it's just three dra- eh, Sorry, ten matches, three draws and seven defeats. And see the teams, like, see if a team, as you say, Man United, God bless them, right? Mm. Since at the weekend, Man City at home, they had to win the game at home. I'm sorry, you got to win those games. They should have been blowing them away. And I think City have gone... Arsenal, I can't see it. If they win the league, it'd be a miracle. Yeah, but it really is only Spurs or Leicester, and I see Leicester. I think they will hold on. Arsenal have got the talent to win all the remaining games. I, I think, though, that until they do, um, we'd, we're, we're all quite right to question their, their ability, you know, their bottle to do so. Yeah. Um, Spurs are hanging on, and they're playing some good stuff. Uh, Average age of 12? Yeah, I would be. I would be happy. As a neutral, genuinely as a neutral, if Everton are going to win it, I would be delighted if Leicester win it, and if they don't win it, Spurs, just to shake things up a little I, bit. I'd add a little caveat to that as well. I'd really want it to be Leicester, because I don't know if they'll get this close again. No, they won't. I have a feeling Pochettino will. I don't think this will be the last we'll hear of Spurs. No, no, I agree. I, I've been yeah. saying for a while that Spurs, uh, that Man United should go for Pochettino, and then I thought, I'm not sure he would want to leave, though. Mm-hmm. Spurs aren't poor I'm sure the guys that play back media can fill us in maybe do a guest slot in the pod but Spurs they're not a poor team no. they've got a lot of money behind them a lot of rich fans and with the money I don't think there's that much you can't do at Spurs over the next few seasons I think it's not the last we'll hear of them they're a very young squad and I think they'll get near the top of the table again Leicester though you kind of think this season could be you know yeah, yeah. That's, why I want, that's why I want them to do it I don't think they'll be top three or four every season no, and I'm the same, and I sincerely hope that they do. I think anybody who who doesn't follow one of the big clubs would would be exactly the same because it's it's a great story, and it says that if you get a good side together, you can go in and and achieve something. I think that's brilliant. If you want to tell us who you think will win, the aforementioned uh, social media addresses are the places to go. And with that, we're going to leave you. My name's David Edgar. I've been your host, and I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Thank you. Goodbye, folks. And I will talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.